Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. My name is Pastor Jeremy. Have you ever tried to change something about yourself? Maybe you wanted to be healthier, or maybe you wanted to be more self-disciplined, kinder, to learn a new skill, to be funnier or more confident, whatever. So the question is, how do we change? Or is our character set in stone? Am I born this way? And this is who I am? Wouldn't it be nice if we could work like a chameleon who changes his color to match the color that he sees around him and that he wants to be? What if change was that easy? Well, when God talks about the fruit of the Spirit, he is telling us that it is a lot like that. For the next 10 weeks, we're going to be exploring Galatians 5.22 in the first half of verse 23. This passage lists the fruit of the Spirit. It gives us nine characteristics that the Spirit of God grows in a person. Today, we will discuss the overall idea of fruit of the Spirit, and then the next nine weeks, we'll take each one individually and seek to grow it. Galatians 5, 22, 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is a wrong way to read this list. It is not a law. It is not a list of things to do. Do these things and God will love you or you are in or you're better than other people. The New Testament repeats over and over again that you are under grace, not law. So do not read the fruit of the Spirit as commandments judging yourself and others by their standard. Instead, recognize them as results of the presence of the Spirit of God working inside of you. It is also not an exhaustive list. Instead, it's a summary list. The character of Christ can't be fit into a list, but these characteristics do a good job of getting us started. If we progress in these areas, we will be well on our way to living the life that God intends for us and impacting the world around us the way God wants. The fruit of the Spirit is not a list that you get to pick from like a buffet. I'm going to be patient and gentle, but not self-controlled and generous. They're a package deal. You might be farther along in one than you are another, but they're growing together when you're are more loving, you're generally more generous, more gentle, and more patient. And patience goes along with self-control and kindness. They all go together. That is why the singular is used, fruit of the Spirit, not fruits of the Spirit. They all grow together from the one Spirit of God working in your life. They are results of growth of His presence and work in your life. So how do we grow the fruit of the Spirit? How do we become more loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, generous, faithful, gentle, and self-controlled? Jesus' parable of the sower is helpful. Jesus describes a farmer sowing seed. Some fell on the hard-packed path. Other seed fell on the rocky ground and others among the thorns. None of those grow to bear fruit, but the seed that falls on good soil does. Now listen to Jesus' example of the parable, or his explanation of the parable. Hear then the parable of the sower. 
When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. That is what was sown on the path. Verse 20. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is what the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among the thorn, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of this age and the lure of wealth choke the word and its yields to nothing. But as for what was sown on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty and in another thirty. Jesus answers some of the questions that we started with. He describes the difference between those who bear fruit and those who do not. He tells us what hinders those who do not. He says the seed sown on the path does not listen to the word of God at all. And so it never takes any root. It never has any place in your life. The seed sown on the rocky soil takes a shallow root. But when troubles come and things get hard, it gives up and walks away. The seed sown in the thorns begins to grow. But then other things come and they steal your attention. You forget about the Word of God and they're choked out. None of these bear fruit. Why? Because they do not consistently embrace God and His ways. At some point, they lose connection. The good soil, on the other hand, hears the Word, understands, and sticks with it constantly day in and day out reading it, studying it, meditating on it, believing it, obeying it. Psalm 1 states that a man who meditates on the Word of God day and night is like a tree planted by a stream of water. It is nourished and it bears fruit. Genesis tells us that one night Jacob was in the wilderness alone. A man came to him and Jacob began to wrestle with the man. As they struggled, Jacob came to realize that this was no man but God. God told Jacob to let him go, but Jacob refused. He said, not until you bless me. In time, God touched Jacob's hip and dislocated it, also giving Jacob a new name and telling him that he would now be called Israel. There are a few things for us to learn from this story. First, God did not have to struggle with Jacob. Why did he come to him in the first place? And once there, why didn't he simply obliterate Jacob at any point in the the struggle? So God must have had a purpose for this encounter. He wanted to encounter Jacob. Second, notice that Jacob was not wrestling with God to overcome him, subdue him, or hurt him. Instead, Jacob held on to God, refusing to let him go. Finally, God in the end did bless Jacob, and he changed him, even giving him a new name to show this change. Jacob illustrates good soil. He embraces God and fights to stay connected to Him. He believes God's power and greatness and goodness and desires Him. He refuses to let go, desiring the blessing of God, and in the end, God blesses him and changes his name. Wrestle with God every day. Embrace Him and do not let go because that is what separates good soil from bad. That's what will put you in a position for the Spirit of God to grow Christ-like fruit in your life. That's why 
It is called the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit that grows by His work in your life through the Word He breathed. Each day, commit a period of time to reading and thinking about God's Word. Devote yourself to knowing everything you can about God, pledging to conform your life to Jesus' ways. Talk to him about what you are reading and how you can implement it in your life. This doesn't mean that you have to spend every hour of your day with your eyes on the Bible, but it does mean that you are seeking to know God, worship God, and live out his ways every moment of the day. Constantly ask yourself, how should I, as a spirit-filled new creation, redeemed and belonging to Jesus, do this? How should I respond to people who disagree with me or attack me? How should I do business or spend my money? How should I raise my children and grandchildren? How should I treat my family and my neighbors? How should I interact with the church and the government? The phrase the Bible uses for living like this are living or walking by the Spirit. To get an even better understanding of how the fruit of the Spirit grow in our lives, let's read the larger context of Galatians chapter 5. We'll read verses 16 through 26. And remember that the fruit of the Spirit passage comes towards the end of that, verse 22 and 23. So starting in verse 20, uh, 16. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit. And what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit... Now, that's what we're talking about, right? Living in a way that seeks to follow Jesus' ways as revealed through His Word and by the power of His Spirit, right? So he continues. You are not subject to the law, but the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, sorcery... Enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and, and things like these. So these are the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit, right? These are the fruit you bear naturally without the Spirit working in your life. So he says, I'm warning you, as I warned you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If you live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Did you hear that? Let us be guided by the Spirit. That is the Spirit that inspired each and every word of Scripture who makes you a child of God and who is working in you to grow the fruit of the Spirit. And then verse 26, he ends this discussion saying, let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. Are you influenced by the Spirit of God? Are you allowing your momentary pleasures, your political tribe, your peers, or your fears to drive you and influence you? When you are influenced and guided by the Spirit of God, the fruit of God, the fruit of the Spirit will grow in you. Here are three practical steps to help you live by the Spirit and become the person God wants you to be. That is the best for the people around you and that promotes the most peace and joy and goodness in your own life. First, set aside a period of time each day to read, study, meditate, and pray over the Word of God. 
like Jacob, wrestle with God. Put great effort and fight into your hunt for God's truth. Take hold of it and do not let go until he blesses you. Embrace him. I think that's the best word I can give you to sum this idea up is embracing God. Integrate prayer into your Bible study time and, and talk to him as you go. Constantly be thinking about how you can apply it. There are many good ways to go about doing this, but if you need help, our church devotion is a good place to start. I encourage you to start reading at the beginning of the New Testament in Matthew and read it to the end. Read each day until you can answer two questions. What does this teach me about God and what does this teach me about myself? You know, set a time limit and, and study for that entire time period. Study and pray for that entire time so that you won't just stop because it, it's difficult. Second, spend time each week discussing God's Word and how to live it out with other believers. That, that might be a church small group or it might be a friend that you talk to each week about God's Word and how to apply it. Ask questions of more mature believers. One of my favorite things in the whole world is answering questions about knowing and following Jesus. Third, guard your mind against other influences. The same way the Spirit grows fruit in your life, so do other voices. Be mindful of those that can choke out the way of Jesus and that puts you in a different way. Understand that everything wants to influence you and, and what you produce in your life. It is good to learn from others and be informed about things, but we must test every influence by the words of Jesus. So be good soil. Soak up the word and desire to conform to it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Embrace him. Be on guard against the, those voices that choke the influence of Jesus out of your life. And even if they call themselves Christian or everyone else is following, the fruit of the Spirit are guided by the Holy Spirit of God, and they grow from His hand in your life. So change is not only possible, but it's certain in Jesus. You might not want to change colors like a chameleon, but I promise that change brought by the Holy Spirit of God lead to an abundant life, the good life for you, and for those around you. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy, and we would love for you to go to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Click on the Contact Us tab, and just let us know you're listening. Just send us your name and your phone number uh, or, or, or an email address that we can get a hold of you at. And, and we would love just to be able to build a relationship with you, to get to know you, to know how we can pray for you and support you, even if you can't come join us in person. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.